literally hi literally hi welcome back everyone Mm -hmm. um today we're doing a drag race episode uh Mm -hmm. to try to like lighten the mood since we've done like two coronavirus episodes in a row Mm -hmm. and Uh, i'm like too depressed to keep talking about it we we are going to talk about it a little bit obviously because we can't like not address like the elephant in the room that we're all like solitarily confined to right Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i actually did have the realization that this is a social distance podcast like we are like the original social distancers yeah og baby besides kylie (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah actually kylie is proving to be the least problematic billionaire like time and time again Mm -hmm. like every damn she literally she literally is like making her instagram stories being like hi guys like i just want to encourage everybody to stay at home it's really fun to be at home (laughs) i didn't leave my house throughout my entire pregnancy and that was my choice like whatever and then today it is it is like it's cute as hell Mm -hmm. and then like today she posted on her instagram story uh lyrics from radiohead's videotape which also moved me so woke it's so woke it's so woke (laughs) you are my center when i spin away that was that's the part she posted (laughs) oh my god Um, but truly like elon musk like is literally like insisting on keeping the tesla factory open right like throughout like the shelter in place yeah like pick your fighter like pick your you think kylie cosmetics is open right now no yeah kylie cosmetics probably has like the most flexible work from home policy like in in the established world Um, (laughs) uh yeah yeah how's your quarantine going besides that it's pretty good um you know definitely like reckoning with demons and whatnot yeah um which i i think everybody you can't like not be reckoning with your demons which is why i think Mm -hmm. this time is going to be like so transformative in like a positive way yeah um okay because there's only so long you can like distract yourself before you're just like staring at like the void of your existence and contemplating your decisions up until this point in your life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like how did i get to where i am today type shit Mm -hmm. um so i've been doing like a good amount of that i actually just cried like 15 minutes ago because uh i both of my next door neighbors on either side are old people Mm -hmm. and on the right side of my house uh all these like kids were outside singing happy birthday to their grandma while she was like on the porch. Um, and I watched it from inside my house. Wow. I That's know. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then the other neighbor on the other side is like a crotchety old man um, who uh-huh. like didn't really like Tyler and I because he just like thought we were like yuppies and like didn't like that we had chickens and whatever. But Today, I think I changed his tune because he realized that we're not yuppies, we're doomsday preppers. And mm-hmm. he, like, is down for us now. Like, yeah. we bonded over being like, there's a lot the government's not telling us about this outbreak. And, like, oh, now cute. he likes us. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. through the fence, obviously, at, like, a distance because, you know, they're... Right. But they're, but they're socially isolated, so they're feeling chatty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, mm. So that was, like... That was my day today. Uh, but 
Yeah, you know, I mean, self-isolating and, like, not leaving your house is, um, <laughs> like, a very weird experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having so... a really hard time with it. Like, I... My mental health is, like, really teetering, which makes me kind of, like, worried for, like, the greater population. I mean, this is, like, so... Um, vanilla but like I mean we have like no mental health infrastructure and I just feel like I mean at least like my parents are looking out for me to make sure I like get out of bed once per day but like I I can't imagine living alone right now I honestly think this is probably like really really hard for a lot of people who like I don't know and I worry about people like making bad decisions or like hurting themselves and like not having people checking in on them you know like because I feel like I don't know I just worry like what we will uncover in the aftermath of this like experiment could be like really like upsetting for that reason but um Mm -hmm. yeah solidarity with everyone like reach out I guess (laughs) 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 like I'll literally FaceTime anyone but I can't promise that I'll be like remotely inspiring (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty I'm usually pretty inspiring and pretty helpful but uh I I make myself elusive unless I'm um like ready to talk to people so that's been my thing I've definitely been avoiding talking to people the last few days which I can't really figure out why yeah but um I think it's just like a little bit of like the effects of like feeling pretty agoraphobic in general right now like, I'm almost okay. like, afraid to reach out and connect or something. Like, I just... Interesting. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but not trying to be that way forever, you know? No. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just dealing with shit as it comes up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do have to... We do have to address Hyde and Biden. Okay. Because I have been... Yeah, you're obsessed with Hyde and Biden. I'm obsessed with (laughs) Hyde and Biden because it's my only hope. You know what I mean? It's like my last, like, little blip of hope in the political sphere. Yeah. I mean, I think your point about karma is really interesting. Exactly. So I was telling Stephen yesterday when I sent him, like, 10 texts in a row being like, okay, I know you don't want to talk about politics or coronavirus, but... Like, so Joe Biden has not been seen since uh, his victory speech via, like, webcast on Tuesday. So, like, almost Mm -hmm. a week now. And, like, there's no pictures of him. There's no videos of him. Journalists and reporters keep saying, like, oh, I got a phone call from Biden today. And he said, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. Yeah. That, okay, Because I've been trying to find Joe Biden the last, like, week. I'm like, I want to figure out where Joe Biden is, what is going on, like, where are the leaks? And first of all, you can't find anything, so sorry to disappoint. But the only things that do, like, that Joe Biden has, like, done in Uh the last week is Uh um, journalists say they've talked to him on the phone and that he's said that he's talking to a lot of people on the phone. (laughs) Um, And he, there's some... I don't know, DJ D Nice, who I've never heard of before, but I assume is a DJ or a musician of some sort, was doing like an Instagram live party. And Joe Biden showed up in the chat and like put like a thumbs up emoji in the chat. (laughs) And I shit you not, I shit you not, like 10 like 
like completely identical articles from like various news sources came out being like Joe Biden stops in for like virtual DJ D nice uh Instagram party like breaking his like long not being seen strength whatever you know what I'm saying like yeah. yeah. Like literally like, and I was looking through, okay. So then I deep dove, I was like looking at the authors, like the people that published these articles because they're, they're written the way the headlines written. You'd think Joe Biden was actually there, you okay. know, right? but he literally just his Instagram account, like his blue check Instagram account, just like posted a thumbs up right. emoji, like in the yeah. chat of the live stream, which <laughs> is not Joe, but Bi- I'm sorry. That's not right. Joe Obviously. Biden. Yeah. That's like Joe Biden doesn't thing. know how to use emojis. Like don't right. be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Simone Sanders, like his senior communications, like campaign person, okay. then like tweeted a screenshot of it being like, yeah, like Joe Biden had so much fun at the like <laughs> Instagram live party, whatever. What the that's yeah it's not normal and all the replies to the tweet are like all the replies to the tweet are literally like just take a picture of joe biden with today's newspaper and post it like literally that's all you need to do or like have joe biden just like take a fucking iphone video being like hey guys like just checking in i've been like calling a bunch of people whatever you know like whatever the fucking Mm -hmm. say they they are refusing to show him steven like and their excuse is like they're like we're still trying to figure out how to like use zoom that's what they're saying (laughs) that's literally they're like they're like we'll have it figured out by monday on monday we're planning on doing something but it's just we're figuring it out figuring out how to yeah i shit you not dude it's not it's not normal like what's happening I would um, say, I mean, for me, like, best case is Joe Biden dies and Bernie Sanders is the de facto nominee. Exactly. Uh, so but, that's what uh, I was saying oh, about karma. Oh, okay. That's is like, I feel like, okay, so obviously I'm just like viewing this whole coronavirus situation through an astrological lens because like... Like you'd be an I idiot mean, we, not to. Exactly. Exactly. If anything has come out of like me going through 2020 it's like my <laughs> insured commitment to like astrology yeah yeah <laughs> it has like yeah. never done me wrong um uh-huh. but so like march 21st ish you know it's it's a big like move so it kind of is just like peaking like march 21st through like july 1st we're supposed to get like a little bit of like just like sigh a little bit of a sigh of relief from mm-hmm. like all the craziness so that was yesterday like mm-hmm. through the next couple months um, and then July 1st through like December, it's going to get bad again. Okay. Um, and then by 2021, I think we'll like start being in the clear. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> I think that like what's happening right now, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is happening right now and like would be the perfect like karmic retribution to the DNC mm-hmm. is I'm hoping that Joe Biden has coronavirus. Sorry. I know nobody wants to hear that, but <laughs> I'm hoping Joe I'm hoping <laughs> Joe Biden has coronavirus because it would be so fitting that the DNC forced all the other options to drop yeah. out to like rally behind their one true dementia king Joe Biden and uh-huh. then for him to literally die leaving Bernie Sanders the only viable nominee. Mm-hmm. Like Oh uh, yeah, that's literally the definition of karma. 
Exactly. Like, we and we know Bernie's it. healthy. We know yeah. Bernie's healthy. We're like seeing the TikToks of him like pretending to be a monster walking down the stairs at his Vermont home. I mean, like, Bernie's like positively virile. Like you literally cannot make the case that he's in like poor health, which is what makes the whole like heart attack sham so like funny. It's just like looking at him, he's like in he's wonderfully fit he's like his life force is so strong and that's what it comes to i think it's like the positive white light emanating out of his soul Mm -hmm. like i really he's like protected from all disease he's protected like i mean all i can say about joe biden is like i honest to god think that he is cryogenically frozen when he's not on stage and that he's like robotically controlled by hillary clinton like when he's on and I think that like I feel like that's going to be the like um Pizzagate QAnon like conspiracy theory in like (laughs) three years I'm not kidding that we're all like oh my god you're so batshit crazy how could you suggest Joe Biden's cryogenically frozen and literally in like an Epstein and it's gonna be right an Epstein scale slip up in like 2023 will just show like they'll like literally leak like Joe's like cryogenic picks and it'll be over for these hoes. I mean, yeah. I've got my money on that, honestly. Though coronavirus would be beautiful. Yeah, coronavirus seems, I mean, it, it literally seems unlikely that we won't lose like Trump, Biden, or Bernie throughout this whole thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it literally feels unlikely for that to happen. So yeah. I feel like if it's going to be any of them, Trump's like seems okay. Bernie definitely seems okay. Right. Biden has been Biden's MIA. the least okay by far. Like... Biden has been dropping by DJ D Nice's uh, <laughs> Instagram live party and throwing a thumbs up in the chat room. Like he's yeah. obviously like the one to go. But you know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to. I don't want to send any like karma in any one direction. I just want to let right. things work out the way they're supposed to work out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see on Monday, I guess. Yeah, uh, what happens? Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. So that's my that's my coronavirus mm-hmm. uh, update. <laughs> yeah. Um. And we can pivot to Drag Race. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. I can't believe we've never done a Drag Race episode, considering this is like a database of knowledge, like of shared knowledge between the two of us. That like. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, incredible to me that we haven't really, like, dipped into it. I feel like our thing, like, when I, like, in the, like, me of me living abroad, like, every time mm-hmm. we got together, we would, like, watch an entire season in one sitting. And it was yeah. always, like, All Stars 2. <laughs> like, it pretty much was just always that one. Like, it was, like, like literally watched, just, like, like All times. Stars 2. Yeah. It would be, like, All Stars 2, and, like, every time Alyssa Edwards talks, I'd be like, me! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's shocking. It's shocking, honestly, that we haven't, like, really talked about it. But it I is guess, shocking, like, but I'm glad we waited. I think now is, like, the exact perfect moment. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, you know, the new season, just mm-hmm. kind of, like, give our thoughts. We're going to just, like, talk a little bit about, you know, do some RuPaul's Drag Race tag question type yeah. shit. <clears throat> um, and then we're going to talk about the sherry pie uh, tea. Yeah. Um, I'm so ready. Yeah. Yeah. Should I start with questions? Yeah, start with questions. I don't have any prepared, so I'll just answer and you can answer too. I I already prepared, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
great. I was okay. too depressed to prepare for the pod today. Um. Okay. Um, I was too depressed not to prepare for yeah. the pod today. Uh, anyway, so uh, favorite and least favorite season and why? We can start with favorite? Yeah. Um, season five, I think. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and then like All Stars 2, but All Stars 2 is like all the season five queens it's not, came back. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All Stars 2 is basically like season five continued. Right. I mean, season five is like fucking iconic. Like the Alyssa yeah. Coco beef is like, like positively Hollywood. Like, uh, yeah. D- I think Detox is like the most iconic queen in the history of the show. It's, I think Detox like is really right on the perfect edge of polished and self-made mm-hmm. like I feel like whenever a queen gets like too professional I'm almost like okay like, it takes away the fun great yeah exactly like unless you're like really throwing out like some crazy like original shit I just like don't really have like a lot of I don't know it just kind of takes like the fun yeah it takes the fun out of it to mm-hmm. have it be like too professional and too like clearly like spent like thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of dollars on like getting the costumes or whatever and i think in and the I, recent seasons that's really kind of started it's the to, norm like, it's like expected because like yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. up there and it's just not it's not very like it's not authentic because you're not doing it yourself like you're paying stylists to help you and therefore Crystal like, method makes all her own stuff oh actually, you're right I which forgot. i was i was happy to see that yeah um, but it's rare i I know it is exactly. And so I think detox like really like hit the line between that mm-hmm. perfectly and perfectly for the time. And that like detox isn't like, like the looks are pretty like, they're not streetwear, but they're not like super, super like costumey, like done up like Vegas showgirl style shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it it's, it's pretty simple. It's just like, so perfectly stylized and weird that like yeah it it just like ma- it makes it like so high fashion like I feel like detox just like is high fashion without really yeah. having to put in like the effort so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and her surgery five... is like really like on point like she looks like inhuman and I think that yeah. like that is like so exquisite and profound like once you've gotten to a place where you're like full time like in the fantasy like in that way yeah that's why i like trinity taylor me too yeah trinity is probably my other favorite and i feel like there is like i mean yeah i just think that like is such a interesting um like people who really go there with plastic surgery i feel like that can be such an interesting like creative statement on like i don't know like what it means to like inhabit or transform a body in like 2020 you know it's so current Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um so I really love like when there are queens on the show who do who go there yeah I completely agree and then yeah I mean okay well getting back to the point with the favorite season I said season six was my favorite season interesting um partially because I knew you were gonna say season five so I just like wanted to Uh give another for another reason but I feel like season six had like the most interesting and diverse talent 
And that's why I like season six is I feel like season six is like really about the performance of it all. Like okay. Bianca Del Rio, Adore Delano, Trinity K. Bonet, fucking Ben De La Creme. Like, yeah. and then you have like the ones you hate, which are like Darian Lake and Courtney Act, but who also <laughs> like are putting on a show in their own right. Like, yeah. I feel like the top like six ish of that season is just like insane to watch. And okay. like, I feel like, I just feel like the, the, yeah, on like a performance level, that season I think is the most impressive. Wow. I honestly, so that's, just that's to be reason. like an edgelord, I would almost say that's my least favorite. But like, Ooh. I like six or ten, like the one Aquaria one, I did. Like, okay, I just, we can go to least favorite season. Least favorite season yeah, yeah, for me yeah. is season nine, which was the one Sasha Valor yeah. won. Yeah, that was also really bad. That one's It's horrible. so bad. It's horrible. actually like abysmally bad, yeah. No, you can't say that's not the least, yeah, like the, the, the worst, worst season. One. Like literally the top three was like Sasha Valor, Peppermint, Shea Coulee. No, and, and Trinity. Like, Trinity is, I'm yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, Trinity is the only. Yeah, she was the only and Valentina. Like, Trinity and Valentina are the only good things. Well, and like Nina, like, but then it's so hard to watch because there's this whole like Nina Bonina Brown has like a total like mental health meltdown in a way that's like yeah. honestly like really sad because she's totally like one of the very most talented in the history of the show, and she is like she I can't keep calm and carry on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the only like good thing that season 9 can claim is like Nina Bonina Brown's Instagram presence. Like yeah. literally like I wouldn't follow Nina Bonina Brown on Instagram if it wasn't for that oh, season. Yeah. So like thank God that season happened, but like Sasha Valore is the worst winner in yeah. my opinion. Oh yeah. Except She's maybe so Violet Chachki. I also hate Violet Chachki. Yeah. But I know I'm like alone mm. in that. I feel like bitches love Violet Chachki. Oh Trotsky. no. I like she I I really don't care. I um for her. I think Sasha like I don't know. She reminds me of like uh she kind of reminds she has like the Grimes problem where she intellectualizes things which is yes, her benefit yes. because you're always like, oh, what's this bitch up to? But then it she's make, so smart. She <laughs> she lacks like any. She's painfully inauthentic because you're just like, like who cares? Like at the end of it, like it's not. It's coming from the brain, not from the heart. I know. I know. So true. Yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on. Favorite mm-hmm. queen. Um. Yeah. I guess like detox or Trinity Taylor. Um, okay, I said um, Alyssa Edwards or Chi Chi Devane, but not Chi Chi Devane All Stars <laughs> Four or yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck they tried yeah. to put out. Yeah, um, yeah, I love and like I love like the Chi Chi Devane like Trinity K Bonet competitor in Drag Race. Right, that's literally Heidi in Closet on this. Exactly, season. Yeah. exactly. Like Heidi's a little bit more performative on purpose. I feel like Chi Chi Devane and Trinity and like. Trinity K. Bonet were more like openly vulnerable and that was kind of like like I feel like they were doing a little bit more of like a Rock'em Sakura type thing Ugh. except like I obviously prefer like Chi Chi and Trinity yeah over, like Rock I thought Rock'em um, Sakura was like oh, like abysmal I did too um, <laughs> yeah yeah I feel so like... I, I would say like Alyssa Edwards is OG favorite queen just because I mean just I I love her antics. Like I, I just truly think she, she's the funniest woman alive. Elizabeth um, Edwards um, is like not your sun, moon, or rising, but like I feel like 
she's like when you're like drunk and it's like just right you're Alyssa Edwards like she's like <laughs> <laughs> like you like you go there but it's like it's not like frequent enough to be sun moon arising yeah it's like I'm like Alyssa Edwards Mars or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, okay, favorite winner? Um, of like, okay. Of the normal seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Sharon Needles probably. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. My answer was Bianca Del Rio or Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> yeah, I like Jinx a lot too. <laughs> I love Jinx. Yeah. Um, I like Bianca. I feel like Bianca never, ever, ever broke character throughout that entire season. Not in the confessionals, not in the workroom, not on state. Like, always was playing the character of Bianca Del Rio. And it's just like, that's a fucking clown. Like, that (laughs) is a clown. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. I feel like Bianca and Lady Bunny, I just, like, have a lot of respect for them as drag queens, especially as, like, a foil to, like, RuPaul. Right. You know? Right, right. Like, I definitely have more respect for, like, actually, I respect Lady Bunny a lot. I think Lady Bunny is, like, woke as hell. Okay. Yeah, isn't she, like, a Bernie, a Bernie gal? Oh, my God. She's, like, so, like, progressive and, like... Right. I'm pretty sure she didn't vote in 2016, which is, like, super woke. Yeah, she's truly, like, third eye, fully open. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love Lady Bunny. So, I feel like Bianca Del Rio, like, kind of fucks more with that, like, scene of drag rather than, Uh like, the RuPaul, like, sellout to VH1 style of drag, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I respect her for that also. Yeah. Me too. Um... Okay, most underrated queen. Um, okay, this is, like, so lame, but I would probably say Ginger Minge. I actually think she's, like, <laughs> so funny. She's, like... She, Go your own way. <laughs> I think fuck her song is. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never listened to it, but I... Yeah, um, when she performs in the talent show oh, for the yeah, All-Stars yeah, too. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's cringe. But I think she's, like, super, super, like, I think she's, like, really funny. And, like, um, I don't know. In, like, a really, like, in in an interesting way. She is funny. I just don't like her personality. That's that's what I think it is for me with Ginger. Yeah. Um, My, my picks for, I had two for most underrated queen. Trinity K. Bonet, obviously. Yeah. She does not get the credit she deserves yeah, you for, like... I feel like, like you comment her, on, like, all of her Instagrams. I love... I think she's <laughs> so unbelievably gorgeous. She's like, I literally gorgeous, just, like, yeah. think back to that 70s look when she had that, like, really long, sleek, like, yeah. black wig and then, like, the sunglasses and just, like... She... Yeah. She's just, like, so beautiful and so polished just, like, because she is. Yeah. And, um, I mean, her, like, vulnerability about her storyline, too, with having HIV was, like so authentic and compelling in a way that's like it's really rare on that show because so much of the like so much of the like vulnerable moments feel really like canned or store-bought at this point like oh yeah they choose their vulnerable moments before they come on the show exactly and it's like and there's nothing more cringe than watching vulnerability and not feeling bad so exactly like, like as compared to like tkb's like hiv yeah. situation and like <laughs> detox like getting in a car accident yeah. like losing his boyfriend like yeah. whatever like all that shit like uh-huh. there 
yeah, I, I definitely. And then, okay, my other most underrated queen is Monique Hart. Oh, yeah, um, you stan. I stan. Yeah. I stan Monique Hart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'll... I'm like, jury's out on if I think Ginger is the most underrated, but I might have a better answer by the end of the, by the end of the Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Those were all my, like, <laughs> questions. I figured we could just, yeah. like, share thoughts on season 12 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are, um, yeah, we're, like, positively committed to season 12 because friend of the best friend of the pod, Jan, is, um, she's our queen. Yeah, yeah, we love Jan. Um, Yeah. We were so happy to see her, like, getting on this season. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's been cute as fuck the whole time. She's so good. She's getting such a favorable edit, it's, like, so nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy for her. Yeah. She's um, wildly talented. She deserves Oh that. my god, she's so talented. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I literally, like, okay, hopefully Jan, like, doesn't listen to this episode, but I literally, <laughs> like, hate all the girls from New York, like, except Jan in this season. Like, okay. truly. Um, I, I yeah. just kind of warmed up to the French girl this last episode. <laughs> Ugh, I but, haven't. like, She's Britta, so cringe. Gigi good, like, whatever. I hate them all so much, like... Yeah, Britta's so creepy. Um, the French girl, I don't know. Like, French people just aren't funny. And I say that yeah. as, like, some... Like, I do, like... I am a bit of a Francophile. Like, that is that it? Francophone? Like, I do... Yeah. I am fascinated <laughs> by, like, French, like, whatever the fuck. But, like... It's, like, French people, like, are not funny. And, like, the French accent is, like, not a source of humor or joy. And so, like, I mean, the editors just made, like, a dumbass call by, like, letting that girl, like, embarrass herself on TV because she's not going to be funny. Like, it's just going to be cringe. And I remember during one of the first episodes, they were, like, where Charo is the, like, Latina woman who's, like was, like, one yeah, of the yeah, guest judges, and they were, like, they were, yeah. like, be more like Charo. Like, she's so funny. I know. And it's, like, that's, like, impossible. <laughs> that's, like, biologically impossible for a French person, which, like, I hate to say, but it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Nikki, I, I, I really hated Nikki up until this last episode, but I feel like Nikki has a good heart, which I was not expecting because I feel like French people usually don't have a good heart. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe that's unfair, but I feel like she is like she <laughs> is, is like a good sister. A de- oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah she's but a what good are we supposed sister. to do? She's mm-hmm. representing France on RuPaul's Drag Race. I know. Uh, we have the right to critique. Um, we have the right to critique. Yeah. No, but I, I do feel like, uh, yeah, I, Nikki, I did warm up to Nikki a bit this episode, just seeing how how much she like has bonded with the other girls in the season. Like, I commend her, like, ability to create community yeah. in a competition where it's like your impulse is to like say fuck these other bitches right you know and she's stu- um, and she's stunningly beautiful oh my like, god it's she's in- gorgeous it's insane she's gorgeous i just think yeah. that i know she's never ge- I, th- I know that her jokes are going to be cringe for this entire season and it makes me like sad that the producer is like put someone through that you know like at the same time at the same time i feel like she doesn't necessarily have to be funny 
And I feel like they're giving her this like weird, I don't know, they always choose like one girl to be like, yeah, you're pretty, but what else? And I don't understand why they're doing that to her, but not Gigi Good. Yeah. Like, because Gigi Good, okay, I really don't like Gigi Good. (laughs) Like, I like truly do not like her at all. She's (laughs) such an Aquaria knockoff. Like, I'm just like over it. Um, But I feel like she she wears the same she's worn the same silhouette like every single runway which is like the long sleeve like tight dress with uh-huh. like a v-neck and then it's like really really short that's funny that like, you say that because she's wearing that like in the promo pic which i'm looking at right now yeah she's wearing that yeah. silhouette in every single challenge so far uh-huh. and they have not called her on it once and like i just i feel like nikki is delivering like a much more like interesting runway presentation and they're kind of giving her this like we don't see personality from you and like i don't know i just think it's a little bit of i i I guess i just like feel like the critique of nikki is like a very like purposeful edit that i'm just like wondering what they're doing it for Um, yeah i don't know both nikki and Gigi. i think they're both really beautiful but i just don't think that anything they're doing is like very original and I feel like I've seen it all before but I think it's really well executed um yeah I just no, no, no. it like, is well it yeah. is well executed I just like I, again I think I am like honestly harder on the queens that have like really highly executed looks yeah because I already know that they didn't make them like it's yeah. very obvious that they didn't make them and so it's like it's a okay, class issue like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's just like, I don't like the, I don't know, like, I, I do actually, I do like Cameron Michaels, but Cameron yeah, Michaels too. at one point said like, that I think it was during an untucked episode that she took out like tens of thousands of dollars of loans to like pay for her costumes for the show. And I think it totally paid off for her. Yeah. Because like, she's a look queen. And like, she needed like that like next level fantasy like to come through on stage but at the same time I'm just like I don't think you should go tens of thousands of dollars into debt in the hopes of winning a reality competition show yeah I feel like it just like takes the magic out of like what reality tv is supposed to be which is like a place that you go to like get famous Mm -hmm. like yeah a hundred percent that's so interesting yeah the model has become like yeah, drive yourself into a hole with, like, the promise that on the other side you'll be able to pull yourself out, which is, like, fucked up because it's predicated on, like, the role of the bank as, like, a financing yeah, institution. exactly. And that's when it no longer becomes, like, an authentic project. Exactly. Um, like, it just, <laughs> like, removes it from, like, yeah, any sort of, like, authentic, like, reality TV type of competition. And, and it just, like, I don't know. It, yeah. I, I do feel like... There are, what, like, over a hundred RuPaul's Drag Race contestants now, like, oh, running sure. around getting yeah. bookings for shows. Like, I don't think many. that, like, there's way too many. And it's, like, a very oversaturated market right. in terms of, like, just being, like, specifically a Ru girl. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like setting the bar that, like, RuPaul's Drag Race is, like, worth putting yourself into debt for. It's, like, literally, like, what they sell you about a college degree. Like, right. I think it's bullshit for that, too. Right, but like, right, yeah. I feel like it's just that mindset, like, same. just, it, yeah, it just sucks. It's, mm-hmm. like, such, like, a shitty precedent to set. It's so toxic um, and it's so corporate. Um, exactly, and it, it just, like, perc- it, like, excludes people from competing that have like something really interesting to share without like the finance like the finances to be able to do it 
Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I feel like Heidi is so lovable, like, oh, in yeah. this season. She's literally magical. It's like And Crystal a... Method is, like, a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Of like, being, like, weird and out there and making For sure. her own shit and whatever. I think with um, Heidi, though, too, it's like, I mean, there's an element of, like, how do you even, like, exist? Like, and this, I mean, this literally goes back to, like, like, because she is, like, the whole thing about her is that she's, like, from, like, a really rural area, right? Like, she was saying in one episode that she, like, has to drive in order to get to, like, the town where, like, her club is or, like, whatever. And it's, like, it's so compelling because, like, in our, like, f- you know, fucked up neoliberal, like, new world order where, like, all wealth and power is concentrated in, like, places new like New York City, it's so compelling to see someone who's, like geographic story is like so opposite from that you know Mm -hmm. and like who exists Mm -hmm. so much outside of like that that spectrum um yeah well I mean I think that's why like I mean I know being a queen from New York is like technically an advantage in terms of like RuPaul's Drag Race in in a statistical sense that like uh New York queens like often end up winning the competition like Aquaria won I guess Evie oddly didn't win or did win and she wasn't from New York but like I feel like there is this precedent set that like every season there's like a gaggle of New York girls and generally they do well yeah you know yeah so you have kind of that squad set up for you at the beginning competitive and if you can make it here you can make it anywhere exactly (laughs) exactly but but at the same time, it's just, like, I feel like the queens like Evie Oddly, who's from Denver. Crystal Method is from St. Louis, Missouri, or something like oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, That's so cool. Yeah, it's just more, like, I, I, I feel like... I feel like just, like, having, like, the geographical diversity is, mm-hmm. like very important to the show and i i honestly it's important just like to american do... culture exactly we can't just <laughs> yeah. be like oh, the fucking new york times ass bitches like, no exactly the cultural story it yes. sucks yeah mm-hmm. i always like the ones from florida because they're like like i i feel like okay so like in... wait who else is from florida besides trinity um ginger minge roxy andrews it's it's always like oh, the true, pageant true, true. King, queens trinity yeah. trinity the tech um it's like I feel like my favorite, often my favorite in every season is, like, the, like, pageant drag. Like, the ones who give, who are, like, committed to, like, the illusion of women. Like, I yeah. <laughs> I find Oh, that, my like, God. That's why Jada Essence Hall is, like, so... She literally <laughs> looked like a basketball wife. She was she so looked good. fully. Like, a, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have, like, never yas queened so hard for this show as like the basketball wives look she did it was fucking phenomenal i know she's gorgeous she's She's absolutely gorgeous i know Um, yeah i i just find like the i mean the thing about drag as like a commitment to like female impersonation or like like the illusion of like the woman is that like i mean as opposed to drag that's, like, in very heavy air quotes, like, artistic or, like, creative or, like, outside the box, is, like, I think that all drag is highly inauthentic at this... Like, there's not, like, originality in drag or drag race at this point. Like, there, you know, like, there's... It's sure. such a kind of, like... Sure. Um, it's a box of tricks that people are pulling from and using collaging, you know, repeated 
looks or what makeups like whatever the fuck well that's how that's how makeup is for and fashion is for women right you know? i yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that's why drag race was so enticing is that like i feel like makeup and fashion are objectively like beautiful and amazing art forms mm-hmm. and like women all across the world like do it in their own way in their own style but it's all rooted in like I mean, like, I hate to be, like, a patriarchy-ass bitch, but, like, it is, it's rooted in, like, a very particular, like, beauty standard or, like, within a certain framework in which it can exist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think the mm-hmm. the originality of drag is that, like, it's taking those kind of, like, concepts and ideas and, like, images and, like, remixing them in just, like, a very, like, mind-blowing way, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's the magic of the drag queen, which is why, like, being, like, I am a straight, like, female impersonator is, like, so, like, impactful and interesting to watch, I guess. Like In in a way, it's way more, like, to me, that's way more of a provocative art statement than saying, like, oh, like, I'm, you know, like, than not acknowledging the canon of female impersonation that, like, drag very obviously, like, is standing upon. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, if all drag is, like, a repeat of something that's already been done and therefore inauthentic, I think it's a way more provocative, like, and serious creative statement to acknowledge the canon that, like, your body of work falls into, and that is, like, pageantry female impersonation. And I think that's why I find, like, I think that the pageant queens every, um, to me, are always kind of like the most provocative because it's the most, Mm. it's the most authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I definitely, I think like my favorite like type of RuPaul's Drag Race queen, at least, I recognize that like RuPaul's Drag Race queens are already such a subset of like drag queens that it's hard for me to say like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, these types of queens when it's just like I'm talking about like a very curated like crop that was picked by fucking RuPaul Charles. Like, uh-huh. um, but I will say like, I feel like my favorite type of queen on Drag Race is the type of queen that like never really thought she was going to do drag and then just like it happened and like it took over their life. Like, okay. like it wasn't convenient for them to do drag. Their like family probably didn't understand it or get it. And like they maybe live in a town where it's like not really acceptable, but they like can't like it's their art. It's like <laughs> they finally feel like themselves like when they're in drag. Like that type of drag queen to me like huh. is that's 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 always the top for me which i feel like that's like chichi devane okay like, okay you know like it's 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 i i feel like it's like experimenting with like gender and like particularly like femininity and like cultural womanhood in a way that like is just very it's very authentic to me yeah you know Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And I, I, I also feel like a lot of the pageant girls started that way and then just like crafted their art and now they're like old ass bitches that like, you know, they're very professional and very polished. Uh-huh. Like, but mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, those, right, those two like types of queens don't have to be mutually exclusive because I think one is often like younger and the other is often older. Like right. the old pageant girls are like, they're queen as hell. They're queen as fuck. Trinity yeah. Taylor's. Yeah. Oh my god, I know. And Roxy <laughs> Andrews too is like so beautiful. Um, yeah. What do you think? Okay, one final. I'm just curious. What do you think of Aiden Zane? 
Is that okay? So obviously, yeah, Aiden Zane. Obviously, I hate Aiden. Yeah. uh, (laughs) At the same time, I like enjoy. I I enjoy the villain. You know, like I I I recognize that the villain plays a very essential role in the beginning of the season. You think Aiden is the villain? That's funny. Who do you think's the villain? I mean, I guess. A villain's definitely, like, he definitely has the villain edit, for sure. That's true. But he's so, like, apathetic. He's not a compelling villain, like, at all. I mean, I think Sherry Pie is the villain, because she's, like, a pedophile. They're not giving Sherry Pie an edit oh, at that's all, true. though. That's the thing. Johnny had to point that's that out the to thing. me. I didn't notice. Um, yeah, they they literally let Sherry Pie say one sentence on each of her runways, and it was, like, nothing like they didn't let her get in a joke they didn't let her get in like yeah a one-liner nothing yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, has yeah. revolved around sherry pie okay so should um, we go into sherry pie because i feel like to me that's very much like the meat of what i wanted to talk about on this okay let's do it let's do um, it okay um, so for those of you who don't know which if you if you've listened this far into this episode and you like <laughs> don't already know about the sherry pie tea slash like don't watch drag race i'm I'm honestly, like, amazed at your commitment. <laughs> yeah. It's very sweet. It's very sweet and I very heartwarming, honestly. I love your commitment to realizing stuff. Uh, um, yeah. But. So in that, in that case where maybe you haven't heard about the sherry pie tea, I'll explain yeah. just, like, kind of an overview. <laughs> um, so sherry pie is a contestant on this season of Drag Race. Um, mm-hmm. And evidently, according to spoilers, like, she does very well and she makes it to the top four, whatever. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> And I know. I, I didn't know. know that. So, That's yeah. So, That's uh, so, so Sherry Pie, basically, like this. I think it was originally a Facebook post. Am I wrong? Um, like, you're probably right. I, a bunch of people essentially came out right before the premiere of the first episode of Drag Race. I want to say it was like the night before, or a few days before. It was timed for the first episode, like mm-hmm. the season premiere. Yeah. Basically, like a group of like six or so people came out and said that like uh, they had been like catfished by Sherry Pie, mm-hmm. um, in that Sherry Pie had pretended to be a casting director for like a new HBO show or something like that. Um, and they like were thinking about this and all the people were actors that like, uh-huh. uh, like working actors that like had been catfished. Uh-huh. Um, and basically they all got contacted by like a fake casting agent who like asked them to film scenes of themselves, like in like various, like sexually explicit, like just like weird shit, mm-hmm. like as in as like an audition for the show mm-hmm. and then i don't know how they each found out or like what happened i think it was that so basically it came out that sherry pie was just like catfishing them and they they each knew sherry pie and i'm pretty sure again i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure it's because they all went to musical theater college together okay i think that's how they found out like that they were all being catfished by sherry pie is that they <laughs> all collectively knew sherry okay. and were like oh my god like whatever right and like don't get it twisted like the story's really creepy like it oh my is god, it's like so creepy. it's like phenomenally so creepy. creepy like wait i don't remember if you said this but she basically made them do like sexually explicit shit on stage on camera including like injecting themselves with steroids I don't know to what end, like, if they were, like, getting swole or what. But, like, I mean, regardless, just, like, very sinister. I'm pretty sure it was... 
steroids for sex steroids for sex personally but honestly the gays are like up to some kinky shit like no i think i think it is a thing i think it is a thing because i remember at one point i literally don't know how i ended up on this instagram (laughs) hole but i remember one point i ended up on this instagram (laughs) hole where like there was this i think i sent it to you it's like a year ago or something there's this guy who like was documenting on instagram like how he, like, might lose his penis because he injected it with, like, steroids, like, before sex. And he was, like, documenting, like, like, paragraphs of, like, I think he was friends with, or he was, like, oh, I remember fucking Lucian, Lucian Piani posted (laughs) about it initially. Oh, my God. Lucian Piani is is the Rob Kardashian of Drag Race. T. Oh, my God. Literally, (laughs) Drag Race started sucking when Lucian Piani left. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, like, exposed the cracks in the facade that were, like... When um, they, like, switched from Lucian Piani to Todrick Hall, like, mm -mm, that was a damn mistake. No, Uh, But anyway, yeah, Yeah. Lucian Piani posted something, like, being like, please... I think it was a go on me or something for mm-hmm. someone that that happened to so my takeaway from that is that i think the steroid injection situation with sherry pie was explicitly sexual okay. and then i think they also masturbated on camera I yeah think those were like right. the two big things okay. um yeah and yeah basically none of them got the part because it was a fake part <laughs> was that was created up. by sherry pie mm-hmm. and sherry pie essentially like so this story they all come forward being like this happened to all of us like, like this the is night like, before the opening exactly so then so then sherry pie you know posted something being like hey guys like i just want to say i'm super sorry for all of that (laughs) like i like totally didn't realize how much like my bad mental health was like impacting the people around me like i really need some help like sorry you guys like so much like bye yeah love sherry type shit yeah and then vh1 said uh they basically like had like the black like car like text in the beginning of every episode that says like due to all the shit that happened with sherry pie we've decided to disqualify sherry pie from the finale of rupaul's drag race that's why they had to say that because she is literally in the final four right so they have to disqualify her because she could still win. Right. Um, right. Honestly, but... like, let her perform. I'd be, like, that would be <laughs> such a fucking art statement. Like, I, that would be out of this world. But they won't because they would literally, like, fuck up, like, their corporate funding by, like, No, and know, I don't think they should. Okay, here's, so we want to get into the, that's, that's the overview. That's where we're at right now. Sherry Pie is basically getting, like, the edit of, like, they're trying to make her not exist. Right. Season. She's, like, really. That's how vh one's responding. Yeah, and at the start. Um, in each episode there's like a little like me too paragraph about how like you know i mean not even it's just like shit yeah oh my god they, they said like they're like they're like we donated five thousand dollars to the trevor project i'm like five thousand dollars that's like a that's normal person donation low-key nothing that's that's not like a vh1 donate like yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. okay why well, we even can... say, that's literally what you give a queen for like winning the lips <laughs> like at the end of the episode right. like what no yeah they don't um, care um yeah yeah so i i feel like okay so that's that's the situation Mm -hmm. as it stands Mm -hmm. um i feel like everybody is just like really praising vh they're just like being like vh1 did the right thing but like in my mind they had no other option like vh1 Mm -hmm. did basically the bare minimum and what was exactly required of them in like the post me Too structural framework book Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like VH1 kind of just, like, did the very, like, basic, like, okay, let's just, like, erase this person, Mm -hmm. like, from everything that we can scrub them from, and just, like, that's, that's what we'll do. Yeah. And, like, I just, 
it's <laughs> it's like very like weird to me as a viewer and just like as a human being to like see this kind of like back and forth play out with this expectation now that we know that that's how cultural like or you know cultural institutions or companies or whatever should respond uh-huh. like totally. when you release like a Facebook statement about like somebody's like sexual misconduct uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. is that we just say like okay erased and that's basically it like that's like where it ends and like it's very weird to me to see that kind of um like structure play out kind of time and time again in like a particularly I mean obviously me too was very much like Hollywood actresses and like women in like business and you know, like corporate kind of like yeah. working world positions uh-huh. to see that structure now applied to yeah. like the gay world that exists within RuPaul's Drag Race in in the exact same way is very difficult for me to reconcile with mm-hmm. the fact that all of those people that are kind of saying like, this is the right thing, like good job for VH1, this is like, yay, this is a win mm-hmm. are like also being like, let's release like nonviolent offenders from prison and like, let's clean out the prisons. And it's like, okay, well, what do you think happened right. to all those people that you just like erased from society? Like, and never looked at again. Right. Like, right. they don't just go away. Like, Sherry Pie right. still exists. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing to me that just, like, it's very hard for me to reconcile that in my head in terms of just, like, looking at Me Too and specifically, yeah. like, obviously this situation. 100% same. Um, I think that... I think the problem with all human right, all apolitical human rights activism, which is essentially what this is, it's um, sure. it's saying like, hey, people were mistreated. Like, we're gonna, what can we do to treat them better? Like, no shit, everyone. Like, that's fundamentally apolitical because obviously everyone wants to fucking live in a world where people aren't treated like, you know, aren't mistreated in whatever way, yeah. including like you know, getting, like, sexually exploited in this instance. And I think that um, what... So I guess what you would have to kind of consider would be, like, what are... Because this has presumably happened before and it will presumably happen again. I mean, that was kind of what Johnny said to me, was, like, I'm so surprised this is the first time this has happened. Like, I mean, the gay community is, like, so rampant. It's so rampant with, like... What's-her-face from last season? Silky Nutmeg Ganache had, like, a rape accusation that I think either blew up, like, mid-season or something like that. Really? Like, yeah, it it never... It was, well, okay, so the Silky Not Meg Ganache shit was okay. just, like, something that circulated, whereas the Sherry Pie thing was literally, like, a joint group statement released the night before the premiere. Yeah. Like, in terms of being, like, a planned, like, event, like, I think the Sherry Pie accusers were very tactical, and they did, I mean, they did a good job, I guess, of reaching their goal? I don't know. But the problem to me is that, like, if you have, like, planned out your statement to, like, this level and you, like, have your demands, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to be in cultural agreement on, like, what those demands are okay. and, like, what we're actually looking for out of, like, something like this. Yeah. Like, what change do we actually want to see? Mm-hmm. And, like, 
how can we reach a place of like getting across like how can we build a bridge to the other side you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's it, it's very like burn it all down like revenge and retaliation oriented right and there's no there's not even any language in me too for moving forward past that well there is no reconciliation in me too well and there's no there's no language for like how do you truly reform the systems that have been corrupted like i mean their exactly their language for it is replace the patriarchy with the matriarchy which is just you know on its face terrifying concept I mean, yeah, yeah uh, equivalently terrifying to the patriarchy, but still. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, if you were going to, I think if I were to critique this moment, but like through a po- political lens, I would say that what's be what was exploited in these instances was um, the precarity of young people trying to enter the entertainment industry, like the economic precarity. I mean, these people were like exploited because they were you know, probably paying $200,000 for a degree that would give them no job prospects. And like, they were in an incredibly like financially vulnerable position that opened up the door for them to be like sexually exploited. And so obviously the way to fucking literally the way to reform this situation would be fucking forgive student debt and make college tuition free. And that which is fucking insane. Because basically, I mean, RuPaul as He's, I mean, the entertainment industry is so liberal. It's, it's, you know, governed by the idea that the few on the top get to, if you've made it, you've made it and you're in and everyone else is out, right? And RuPaul has like made it in a way that few people have and is like one of, you know, the most famous performers in the country. And so Ru, to, in, from RuPaul's perspective, where he's on the end of like a financial bubble that the other 99% of us except for his, like, Rue girls, are on the outside of, there's no interest in, like, reforming this system. Like, RuPaul benefits from, like, the corrupt economy of America, you know? I mean, and we can kind Mm -hmm. of get into this, too. But, I mean, I also think it's telling that he always, like, endorses political figures. He literally had Nancy fucking Pelosi on the show. And, like, (laughs) like, was I don't know. Like, I just think that, like, the, the politics of drag like really disgust me in that they are apolitical and I don't think they concern themselves with like economic justice or precarity they kind of like try to exclusively uh concern themselves with like gender and like you know like lgbtq etc and I just think that like I mean, I, think I mean, it's, it's t- identity politics for the sake of identity politics and nothing else. Yeah. Know? And like it's, it doesn't, it, it, I think that's, I mean, this is the same thing that like I was just saying about me too. It's like, it's a very like, this is the framework that we need to work within. This is how we do diversity. This is how we do identity politics. This mm-hmm. is how we do dealing with rapists. Like, and it's just like this, like cut and dry, like machine now that just kind of is like okay we need like a diverse queen over here to like win this season so that people don't get mad about whatever thing like next season and like it's the same thing with like them putting their like black and white text like slide before every episode about sherry pie and like we're congratulating them essentially like well and then they like when like rupaul literally has a fracking empire on his ranch in wyoming right 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 right. which we can get into a second but i do think it's interesting (laughs) that they you know they so 
outwardly vocalize their disgust with Trump. Obviously, liberals love to do that, but they do nothing, even someone as powerful as RuPaul, to change or reform the system that, you know, enabled him. Because that system also enabled RuPaul, and I think that's, like, a truth that most famous people aren't ready to come to terms with. I mean, that's why, yeah, God knows, like, Hollywood didn't, like, structurally change. It's just now, like... Natalie Portman wears like a dress with like female directors names on it to the Oscars (laughs) but I feel like I do feel like coronavirus is kind of showing the idiocy of the celeb because they're all just like being like guys like I can self-quarantine so can you and then they show their like giant like sprinkler manicured lawn like in the desert in Los Angeles and you're like holy fuck how did you get the water rights like truly yeah Yeah. (laughs) we should revolt now's the moment I know no celebrities are so stupid and like I I feel like RuPaul is just (sighs) It's hard because I do have a lot of respect for RuPaul's work ethic. The problem is that work ethic is, like, the only thing that's, like, rewarded in, like, our society in, like, exchange for, I don't know, like, integrity or, like, a value system. Like, as long as you're willing to, like, claw your way to the top, like, then you can be in the club, essentially. Right. And... I mean, he low-key, yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's why you won't see somebody at the top who's trying to tear down the system because, like, they're somebody who succeeded in the system and yeah. ultimately must... Their value system probably aligns with it, like, with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he... I, I do think, you know, RuPaul, like, came from whatever, like, the the queer drag scene in New York in, like, the 90s, which I'm sure was, like, very, like, fun and exciting. But I also think that he... I mean, it's, like, it's capitalism and it's empire building. And I think he he realized that there would be, like, a capital, like, you know, value add by commodifying this, like, art form that was, you know, fundamentally and necessarily queer and and also like so entertaining right it's not like just rupaul like rupaul saw a niche that like drag was perfectly primed to fill Mm -hmm. and took advantage of it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's i I think rupaul's an opportunist me too like that that's what it is The, the whole situation tying it back into the sherry pie situation as well like the whole situation is just so opportunistic in a way that's like It's very, like, difficult for me to get behind because, like, I don't like the way that we just kind of categorically uh, award opportunism, like, Mm -hmm. in favor of, like, adding something valuable to the conversation, like, enhancing or, like, moving the narrative forward in a way that's, like, productive and useful. And we're kind of just, like, you took the opportunity to, like, de-platform your abuser. Yes, queen. Like, love that for you. And it's just, like... Why? Are like, you why? saying the sherry pie thing is opportunistic on behalf of the H1 or on behalf of the people who have accused her or both? Uh, definitely the H1. Yeah. Um, I feel like accu- it's accusers and victims. I, I am not a victim blamer. Like, I generally, like, fall on the side of, like, victims and accusers, which I think is pretty normal. Right. Like, yeah. and Because you're not, I, like, a psychopath. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't like seek to question people's motives in like moments where, I don't know, that are like difficult for me to imagine, particularly. And also just like I am like, 
and what I can imagine, it's like very difficult. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not that I'm like, oh, these six people specifically or whatever are like inherently opportunistic, mm-hmm. but I think like what they did was essentially like a formula that's been borrowed from, from like a lot of different cultural moments over the last two, three mm-hmm. years or so, mm-hmm. which is just the me too structure, you mm-hmm. know, of just like you call out your abuser and deplatform them. Mm-hmm. And I think that like they essentially just did the textbook, what they needed to do. And I don't necessarily question their motives as like individuals, okay, right. but the framework itself is opportunistic and it's also lacking in depth or right. like any sort of like, where do we go from here? Totally. And I think like, I would love for somebody to define to define to define deplatforming mm-hmm. for me in their own words because yeah. I cannot define what deplatforming means. Can you <laughs> I thought it meant, like, like truly? You all your social media are deleted. Am I wrong? But like, well, Sherry Pie's still on Instagram. Yeah, right. She's like, <laughs> you can't throw someone off Instagram for like a Facebook post that somebody else made. Like, right. No, okay. it's but it's. I mean, I think in abstract terms, it's like taking away someone's, I mean, it's taking away someone's platform, right? right it's deplatforming. Right, right. But like in terms of like an actual, like, this is where we go from here. This is what we do. And this is how it helps. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love for someone to explain to me why, like, like what deplatforming is specifically. Right. Why it's useful and prove to me, like, show me that it works. Yeah. Because like all I see happening is us just like systematically deleting a bunch of people from society who don't actually, they still exist. Mm -hmm. They're still like a part of humanity, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I just like, it's not real. It's very like, it's very formulaic and like surface level. And I, I, yeah. I do think too, I mean, in terms of like opportunism and obviously like with the accusers, like obviously... I think what happened to them is, like, really, like, fucked and horrifying. But I do think, like, you know, I think everyone has some version of, like, a Me Too story. And I know that, like, I definitely have, you know, mine. And I think that I'm curious, like, with, you know, with the whole, like, Me Too and and also, you know, with with what happened here, it's, like, are these people, are we really to believe that these people are getting, like, you know, the cathartic sense of internal justice that they need about this situation by going live about it on Facebook? Like, which I think begs the question of, like, what you said, which is, like, you know, what is the path forward from here? Because, like, there, Mm. you know, there's just clearly... um, no one leaves this situation feeling, like, more whole. Like, obviously, Sherry Pie is vastly more destroyed, but all of us just feel, like, slightly more broken and literally nothing has been fixed. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so that's why, like, you know, I'll never, like, like, blame a victim for coming out because, like, I do think, like, in a lot of cases, there's nothing else you can do in a way. Uh And, like especially if you feel a responsibility to like do so Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean like I I -hmm. do understand like the psychology and I don't I definitely don't think that it comes from an actively evil or vindictive place in 
the part of the victim or like the abused obviously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think i think like the problem is that we have sort of like without really interrogating the framework we've kind of just said this is the formula yeah you know Mm -hmm. this is what you do if something like this happens to you yeah and i think that's partially because we're not allowed to talk about like me too or question anything about it Mm -hmm. um and it's partially because we have like made like a very select few people in charge of framing it. And so you get people like Rose McGowan that like, <laughs> that like drive, like that commit their lives to driving the movement forward. Mm-hmm. And then like somebody who like, isn't just like, I don't know, like doing like gender theory critique, like in their spare time, like gets sexually harassed by their boss at work and then has to figure out like what they should do. And they have this model put forth for them and then they are put in like it's it's a role that's like being defined for people that I don't think everybody is like deeply considering and we're not allowed to like talk about or critique yeah. it like in any sort of way. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's like letting VH1 get off the hook like yeah. by being like, wow, VH1 like handled this so well, like amazing. Yeah. It's literally just like war on drugs style. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. war on crime style shit. Like it's very I mean, it's not it. It's not it. You and know? it's fundamentally apolitical because it's, you know, obviously, like everyone wants, you know, sexual misconduct to not happen, like no fucking shit. But like, the reason why, like, the reason why these misconducts are happening is because of like, economic precarity for those of us who are not, you know, like the one or 10%. And then like a disgusting agglomeration of money and power power by the rich. And, you know, me too, mm-hmm. unless it does something to literally, like, actively dismantle and destroy those economic structures. That's violence... not just, like, put women in those roles No, instead. exactly. <laughs> violence against women and trans women and gays and whatever the fuck is going to continue into, like, you know... Uh, as long yeah it's i mean it's fundamental to the human exactly you're not you're not treating you're not treating the cause of the symptom of Mm. society you're just putting like the people in jail essentially or like in societal jail or whatever you want to call it like yeah in the court of common opinion they've been found guilty and they were never assumed not guilty by Mm -hmm. the way yeah (laughs) and like we've just exiled them you know like we, we we're creating a justice system that i don't really think we in our hearts want oh no don't know anything else (laughs) we don't know how else to deal with it right right you know Mm -hmm. and like i guess that's like i don't have like a prognosis you know moving forward i'm not like uh, I don't know Bernie what these Sanders people should presidency. have done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Literally. It's like you have to like really change things from like the ground fucking up, yeah. you know? Like other like and I think you have to channel your like unrest and like your unhappiness and whatever into something that's productive, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like that can be personally productive or it can be like societally productive, but I'm not convinced that like this whole situation of like outing someone the night before the premiere so they get the bad edit and that's like yay for everyone like i don't know that that's the productive way forward no you know me neither i think it's like really pathetic 
um, on behalf of like the network and RuPaul. But because it, it's like yeah. it's like the equivalent of donating five thousand dollars to the Trevor Project. Like that's fucking nothing. And like yeah. you, like you mm-hmm. people sit. I mean, okay, so this is perfect segue. We're going over, but like I, I. Do you have somewhere to be? Here we are. Oh, here we are. <laughs> I literally have nothing to do for like the infinite future. Um, yeah, but anyway, so I mean, I think it's so fitting that within the last week, someone on Twitter basically like released that like the land RuPaul ranches in Wyoming is a fracking site. And so basically like outing RuPaul. RuPaul fracks. RuPaul fracks. RuPaul fracks. RuPaul literally fracks. RuPaul doesn't just bring Nancy Pelosi like and other fracking supporters like to have their platform on like fucking draggers. It's literally RuPaul is the one fracking. (laughs) (laughs) All those times you see RuPaul and like a cowboy hat and you're just like oh cute yeah you, like never knew <laughs> that he actually was like literally like a rancher like running the oil rig <laughs> yeah yeah that's so fucking it's it's um we need to de-platform frackers like no. come on no exactly oh i God. mean that's what's so beautifully ironic and karmic about this sherry pie situation is that you know as sherry pie was um you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not rape, but like raping. No, sorry. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> catfishing. Use catfishing. Yeah. Okay. As RuPaul, yeah, RuPaul, as she was exploiting, as Sherry Pie was exploiting, you know, other humans. RuPaul was exploiting the natural landscape. Mother Earth, and like I literally mean, raping Mother Earth. Literally like, raping. Mother Earth. <laughs> polluting downstream waters that like in fucking Wyoming I'm sure they're like upstream of like a Native American reservation like the whole thing it's so systematically layered and fucked and it just like at its at its absolute core represents everything that's fraudulent about like me too about the whole like oh, like, you know, we've got justice because we, like, outed and deplatformed her. You are literally still exploiting people as you say that. And so, like, just because you're Mm -hmm. throwing people out of your club and, like, onto the streets where they'll supposedly just, like, you know... Sherry Pye's just like a sick freak. Like she's like a sick pathetic freak. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm like, I like what do you think is gonna happen to Sherry Pye now? Like she's literally gonna like I don't know. I don't wanna know. She's I she's gonna kill herself and then everyone's gonna feel fucking worse about the situation. Like is that better? You know? Like it's just like Yeah. I, I don't know. It's really sick. It's like a very like It's so sick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely funny. lacking in empathy. Okay, and to really like connect the dots too. I mean, obviously, like my mood in this quarantine—it's like so isolated. I think we're all like interfacing with isolation in like a really crazy way. That's like so intense and emotional and true, jarring true. for most of us. I know some people like. If are... you're not like honestly, like what is going on with you? You know. <laughs> but I feel like some like... okay, like Vic like lives somewhere rural full time. You know. I mean, I guess he sees people. He has a it's job. It's not the same as, like, being... <laughs> but I'm like, how do you, like... <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean... 
Anyway, anyway. Anyway, anyway, but I, re- I mean that all to say that it's, like, it's interesting that, you know, this kind of solution of, like, vanquish Sherry Pie or banish her, whatever the fuck, like, that is, like, I don't know, like, I feel like we're all so intimately connected with this really scary condition right now that, like, why would we want to be throwing other people into this place of just being, like, completely alone and, like, having, like, no resources or people to interface with it. No. You know? It's, it's not only wrong, it's, like, impossible. Like, it's impo- It's it doesn't work. It's not, like, a framework yeah. that, like, we should be, like, we should be creating much so less, like, applauding and being, like, we can't critique this because it's, it's too, it's too perfect. We, we can't, we're not yeah. allowed to discuss this. Like, it's just, like... I, it's it's not a viable way forward at all. And like not. We're suffering. And neither is fracking. So fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Literally, like, I don't know. I'm pretty like I'm honestly like sipping the fucking season 12 Kool-Aid. Like, they're so lucky that it came out just as we all became confined I to know. our homes. Like infinite. I'm the literally only thing, like the- the only thing that does suck is all the gigs that they'll miss because they can only like go on live stream. I mean, that that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning though, which is that like, I, I, I think the celebrity of like being like a RuPaul girl, like that's totally fading. I mean, that's America's Next true, Top Model true. went on for fucking mm-hmm. like 27 seasons. By, you know, like, I mean... Yeah, they all just need to start YouTube channels, honestly. Like, if they're not starting a YouTube channel right now, like, they're making a grave mistake. Yeah, true. <laughs> so true. Like, Nikki Doll should just be doing makeup tutorials. She could get, like, a couple hundred thousand subscribers and, like, build an audience and, like, a revenue stream that way. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> creating creating jobs in the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or become a podcaster and make $4.77 a month that you split between (laughs) you and another person. (laughs) And also just donate to Bernie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, we're building an empire. We're building an empire, people. Yeah. Uh, We've got our Realizing Stuff family. (laughs) Cool. Um, um, Is that all we have to say? We didn't really have a momentous ending, but I mean... I thought I feel really good about that. I think the like yeah, I feel like we got it all out there. On I the table. know. I mean, I could say a lot more. I honestly, I have like a New York City queen. I'm waiting to like dox on the pod, but um, <laughs> I'll save it for a future app. Um, <laughs> she knows who she is. I'm just kidding. Jasmine definitely doesn't listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> In an episode where we talk about how, like, hideous and disgusting doxing is, we'll be sure to dox a couple people. Right, the only logical conclusion for me to literally end by doxing a bitch. Like, fuck me. Um, cool. Okay, words. So, yeah. Um, uh, literally bye. Literally bye.